Hello, good day, and welcome as always to the Point 99 podcast. We're a running podcast created by runners for runners. If you're new to running or to the podcast, we hope to have guests, topics, and discussions that will help you along whatever path your journey is taking. Or for any seasoned runners or listeners, maybe some stories that will have you empathizing with our experiences and predicaments. Whether it's lessons we've learned during our own journeys, embarrassing stories, or heartstring pulling moments, we hope you'll stick with us while we try share some good vibes, motivation, and positivity. And hopefully we can have a laugh along the way. We're just one episode away until we polish off another season of the show and begin our look ahead at what season four might bring. The guest list has already started filling up with some of the names that Bob Burrell recommended in the last episode, but also a few others that haven't been mentioned. I'm hoping to bank as many of those as pre-recorded interviews as possible, just so I can free up some time, especially over the festive period and new year, to do a little bit more running, kind of focus more time on life in general and a couple of other projects I'm working on. I'm delighted to, however, bring a different angle on the running community to you all with today's guest, though, as we welcome Heather Ruff to the show. As a veteran ultramarathon support crewer for her partner, Mike Houston, we'll learn the ups and downs of crewing while also learning some valuable lessons and glean some tips and tricks from the lovely lady. All of that shortly, however. So let's look back at the week that's gone by from the community's perspective and my own running. So first up, we have Stuart Rowan. Last week, I said he had an event coming up and I wasn't sure what it was. I knew it was something big, but for the life of me, I hadn't clicked as to what it was. He was, in fact, running his very first marathon at the Firenze Marathon, otherwise known as the Florence Marathon in Italy. After some initial hiccups with travel, which you never like to see, you're stressed enough as it is when you're going to a marathon, let alone a marathon in a country that is not your native home country. But he kept his cool. He managed to get there and he got the job done. He, in fact, did so well, he smashed out a mega performance for his first marathon. He's put in a lot of hard, hard work and it came to fruition. His chip time was three hours and 38 minutes, 17 seconds. But like I want to do with Amsterdam, I'm telling them, take your Strava or your Garmin time because that's coming in at three hours 33 minutes and 56 seconds. That is phenomenal. He has set himself up so well for his second marathon at Manchester next year. He also scored a banger of a medal. That looks so crisp, so nice, well-sculpted medal. And you would expect nothing less than that medal from an Italian marathon. So keep sharing that and your story on your feed for weeks to come, Stuart, and mega, mega congratulations. You should be well delighted with that time and with your performance. And I assume you are. From all your posts, you do look like you're delighted, but I really, really do hope you are flying high and you'll ride that cloud for a very long time. 
Next up, we are going back to the last episode once again, where Chris Randallap shouted out the Blast Running event, which was the Water of Leith Half Marathon. It looked like they had a fantastic day for it. It looked like it was lovely, clear day, maybe a little bit cold, a little bit crisp, but fantastic all around. Chris was there himself. He was doing his first half. I'm pretty sure he mentioned that in his interview, though. His first half in a very long time, and he did so, so well. But so did Giz on the run, Runshine on Leith, and Nick McGowan low. My finger was sort of off the pulse on that event. I was, again, as I have been the last few weekends, very um, absent on Instagram. So I didn't really see everybody that was running there. So I do apologise. Pretty poor shouting these events out or shouting out the people that are running them. Uh, I always shout, uh, shout at me, let me know, and I will correct that. But uh, what I did see was the cracker of a glass medal that they were given out at the end there. That's something you don't see very often, but from a renewable perspective, that is such a great idea. I would personally love a glass medal, so hopefully some events can bring that in as a norm as we go forward. Now, as I say, since my finger was off the pulse this weekend, I didn't really see any other events Van Stewart's Marathon and the Water of Leith Half. Like I've just said, if I have missed anything or anyone, always feel more than welcome to shout at me. I'm not going to take offence and I will put out a correction. I'm going to move on, however, to my own running. And um, much to the annoyance of quite a few people, it was once again another PB, another week, another PB for me. So last week I reported that I had broken my half marathon PB by three minutes while wearing my least favourite shoe from my collection and I'd put them on to have hopefully slowed me down a little bit. But in reality, it just made me tick along really, really steadily and that helped me break my PB by three minutes. Now, I had initially set my PB earlier this year in March at the Inverness Half Marathon while I had COVID and while I was wearing a kilt. So I knew there was scope there to take it down even lower. Thanks to Ian Runs and Cycles, however, I did grab a cracker of a Black Friday deal in a pair of gloriously pink, super shoe, extraordinaire, the Nike Alpha Fly, they are Gen 1, but they are still so, so good. They arrived slightly earlier than anticipated on Sunday. Now, I was about to go out for a run and I thought, well, since they've arrived, it would be a shame not to put them on, break them in since it was a dry, clear day, no risk of dirtying them. And it would just be a really nice run. Initially, I had planned for seven kilometres just to break them in. But as I always do, I got to that distance and I thought, you know what? I don't feel like I've overexerted myself. It's feeling comfortable. I'm just gliding along here. Let's push it that little bit further. Took it to 12 kilometres, took it to 15 kilometres and I may as well just do another half marathon. And by doing so, I cruised along to break my PB by an additional seven minutes. So that's 10 minutes in the space of the two weeks. But 
I had plenty left in my tank ready to go to take more time off it. So as with my comments from last week, I am really looking forward to seeing what I can do at the Inverness Half Marathon next year in March at the podcast's first birthday. I am really going to push hard here. I'm going to do a training block for the half marathon. And my goal at the moment, I think, realistically, is for a 130 or a sub 130. If I could get that, I would be ecstatic and that would be me. I'd be set. If I don't get it, I don't get it. But at least it's something to aim towards. Once again, Ian Runs and Cycles can get a little bit of glory from my PB. He has been spot on with his recommendations this year and his support and also being there for a good chat. But he has helped me break my 5k, 10k, half and marathon PRs. So thank you very much for being the supportive, amazing guy that you are, Ian, and shouting out where you can get all these fantastic shoes and savings. It's also an apology from myself to the wider community. I know it's annoying to see me get a PB after PB, but I also know I've got so much more to give. It's just how I go about it. I don't have many events in close proximity to me. So when I do go out and I have the energy I have the drive to push myself that little bit more. I'm I'm usually going to break a PR. And when I get to an event, nine times out of 10, I'm going to get a PR. If I had more events near me, I think they would dry up a lot more because I would be pushing myself a lot harder more often. But when you're solo running, it's very hard to push yourself to have the drive to really put your foot down and give it your all to try and see what you're capable of. That's my way of saying There may be more PBs to come in the next few weeks. There may not be. It may dry up until hopefully March. But 5k time still has more time to come off it. I know that. 10k time, I know I can take more time out of that. But I have goals in mind for 2024. Mostly speed work. I'm going to keep my events few and far between. And I'll also try and keep my PBs set to these locations where I am running the events to hopefully not annoy too many people. I'm going to move on at this point though to the community and to events that everyone's looking forward to for the 2024 race calendar. Once again, you have been fantastic with your responses, so let's rattle through a few of them just now. For context, I am recording this episode late on Wednesday afternoon. So if I do miss any last minute additions from the second shout for um, the events you're looking forward to, I do apologise. I'll cover them in the finale. But we're kicking things off first with Stuart Runs a lot, the man himself, and he is looking forward to the Edinburgh Marathon that falls a couple of weeks after Manchester. So the man's going back to back here. He's going to have three marathons in fairly quick succession, and I know he's absolutely going to smash it. Following Stuart, we have Nick Nakmara Runs, Nikki. She is looking forward to the John Muir Way Ultra and the Devil of the Highlands. Two fantastic looking ultras. She is giving it her all. She's pushing her limits. And I, for one, cannot wait to see how she gets on. Doug Scottish Shoudy Runner. I think this is how we're going to say it, is the Riyadh 10K in February. I'm pretty sure that's correct. 
Doug, let me know if that's wrong, but he is looking forward to that event. Then we have Giz on the run. She is also looking forward to the John Muir Way Ultra. The running girls are looking forward to the Dundee Half Dram, whereas Mike Houston is looking forward to the Highland Fling, the Saltire 24 and the Loch Ness 24. James McQuillan 12, he is looking forward to the 20 over the 4th as shouted out by Bob Barrow last week, and also the London Marathon. Big clap, hands up, ready to go. We then have Jace, the Edinburgh runner. He is looking forward to, as with Mike, the Loch Ness 24. My previous partner in crime, runner man Steve, he is looking forward to the London Marathon 2024, which he has secured a community space on. I'm looking forward to seeing what Steve's going to do here. Each time he's getting better and better with his marathons. And now he is grounded. He has his clubs. He has a lot more knowledge and base to build off of. I am so, so positive he's going to do something spectacular. So good on you, man. Can't wait to see what you deliver. Gary B runs Perth, is looking forward to the Brighton Marathon. It's 10 years since he did one. He is looking forward to that one. I'm looking forward to see how you get on, mate. If it's been 10 years, you are going to smash that. Have a great, great time. Curly Steph X is looking forward to the Lisbon Half Marathon. Very nice, very exotic. That will be a cracker. So best of luck with that one, Steph, when that comes around. Tanya runs the world. The fantastic Tanya Carmona is looking forward to Namibia and Antarctica. I am assuming they're like the Ultra X style events. They're total opposites as well, he says. One's going to be so hot, one's going to be so cold. What an experience they're both going to be, though. She is such an explorer and I can't wait to see how she gets on. TJ, I run for shirts and medals, is looking forward to her third half marathon in this coming May, the Indy Mini. And then we have David Wright, 1989, a future guest to the show. He is looking forward to the Podium 5K Festival. Then to round things off, I have... Miles with McCracken. AB, the flying machine himself, is looking forward to the Glasgow to Edinburgh Ultra. Now, we've had a bit of a roller coaster with the guests um, that have done that one in the past. So, hopefully, he has a better time than some of the others have had. But we will be hearing, hopefully, in season four from another Glasgow to Edinburgh Ultra Marathon finisher. But I'll leave that one for an announcement at a later date. That was a fantastic range of events. It's great to see you all looking forward to something. And as I say, I will be checking the feed to see how you get on across 2024, no matter what you get up to and no matter what I get up to as well. I'm looking forward to seeing how you all get on, supporting you and congratulating you on what I know will be fantastic performances. From the events that you're looking forward to in the 2024 calendar, we're going to throw things back 
This question was put to me by Stuart Rowan a couple of weeks ago, and I am putting it to you guys now. What were your favourite events from this year, from 2023? I know it's going to be very difficult for some of you to pick just one. So give me a scattergun. Once I get the question up there, if you have multiple events you want to celebrate and class as a favourite, go for it. Let me know and I will put them out in the episode next week in this season finale. I can't wait to see the events that you're all going to throw at me. It's going to be fantastic. With all that out of the way, it's on to this week's guest. Now, as I said earlier in the episode, it was fantastic to have a slightly different conversation with a guest for a change that is still running related, but also looking at something that is just as critical to the running community. And that is, of course, support crewing. Now, support crewing can be over any distance, but specifically we are looking at ultra marathon crewing because after all, it is the most daunting of ideas and most punishing of events for anyone undertaking them. So having a good support crew is invaluable. Heather is, however, experienced and has been at several ultras in the past, crewing for our good friend to the show, Mike Houston, previously known as the Pole Fit Ultra Runner, now running beyond limits. Yeah, she has got some stories to share but I'm going to leave that to her to share in the coming conversation. So hopefully, fingers crossed, you enjoy the chat that we had. Let me know what you think. Let her know. I am excited to find out what you think, but let's get on to it. As we welcome today's guest, we break new ground for the podcast. Taking a step in a slightly different direction, we will be diving into the world often overshadowed but undeniably essential in the realm of ultramarathon running, the invaluable task of support crewing. While our episodes have typically explored the front lines of running, including the ultramarathon exploits of our guests' other half, this episode's chat promises a unique perspective as we cast a spotlight on the unsung heroes behind the scenes. There are a raft of dedicated individuals who form the backbone of an ultra marathon runner's journey, ensuring they stay on track to the path of event success while simultaneously being their biggest cheer voice. So join me in welcoming today's guest, Heather Ruff, to the show as we uncover the stories, strategies, and sheer determination that fuels a support crew veteran and the remarkable athletes they support. Because while it might be a difference to our standard interviews, it's no less valuable to understand the multifaceted landscape of running. Welcome, Heather. Well, that was cute. I like that. <laughs> Slightly different <laughs> to the usual. I thought I would go, because it is a different conversation to everything we've done before I thought I'll go for a slightly different introduction yeah absolutely well yeah this is definitely going to be different <laughs> um, <laughs> I'll guarantee that <laughs> you had a, a good day so far yeah it's been good nice and chilled nice to be chilled day in my cabin at work so I mean beginning of the week a long week ahead a long week ahead yeah I work tomorrow and then I'll be off on Wednesday 
because I've got family up. So it's a split week, but it's a good week. So it does look forward to. Yeah, exactly. Not seen, seen her in ages. So yeah. Fantastic. And you've certainly had a busy weekend just past with Sidlaw Ultra. Yeah. Oh, what a weekend. I mean, I, I had a brilliant weekend. Um, went walking up a couple of hills, took some really, really good photos, got really cold. There were some guys running or something. I don't I don't know, but I th- think there might have been a race on, you know. Um, but yeah, I had a great day out. <laughs> I know from from your post, it looked like a really, really beautiful, like the landscape was just fantastic. It also looked oh, like a really crisply fresh day though. Oh, it was. I don't think it hit um, higher than three degrees all day. Wow. Um, but it was that perfect day. It was just beautiful. I mean, it had been dry for a few days beforehand as well. So the ground wasn't completely soggy for them. Um yeah, it was just, it was pretty perfect winter's day for it. It was amazing. And you had company for a change as well. Yeah, so um, we had Pauline um, with us for the first time. Um, and yeah, it, it was really good. Like a support crew day is so much better when you've got somebody alongside you to keep me going. Um, because that's often the toughest part. Like I... I'll always be there at checkpoints for Mike and things, but the hardest part is keeping yourself motivated when you get to the checkpoints. So if you're on your own and you're feeling a bit lonely because you've been on your own for a couple of hours in between checkpoints, having someone there to just keep your motivation up and keep your spirits up, that makes all the better for when I actually do see Mike because I'm in a better spirit for him. Um, but yeah, we had we had a brilliant day out. Um, absolutely brilliant day out. Got to make the adventures of it. Um, that, that that's the best part of the day. Definitely I, make the adventures. <laughs> I mean, more recently, you've you've had that benefit of of more faces appearing to help your crew and help your cheer squad, and I think that must be the novelty of that must not have worn off yet. Or is, have you are you getting used to it now? Because the it's not just Mike just doing events now that nobody's heard about or he's doing them on his own it's events that are other members of the community there so by i suppose proxy you're getting other people coming and joining you and giving you that company yeah well that that's what's really good about it um after loch ness and meeting everybody um (laughs) that that was a shock to the system but um like gaining friendships through that as well and knowing that if i do go along to these events i know other people and I don't feel like an outsider. Um, and that for me has been a massive thing. I always feel out of place because I don't do the running. I just do the stand and hold my stuff at the end or feed him Jaffa cakes or fill up his tailwind. So I actually feel more involved and more a part of everything now. Um, and my confidence in being able to support everybody else is growing as well. Um, which is brilliant and I love watching people just go out and smash it it just brings me so much joy I absolutely love it they, I mean so there's, there's a wide variety of ultras um, we're going to cover hopefully some of the ones that you've, you've you've crewed so far but you have now crewed both lapped event ultras and A to B ultras um, is there a massive difference between those because I suppose with a, at least a lapped event and having seen the level of 
responsibility, I would say, that you have for crewing someone like Mike, where they're effectively in a zombie state when they're coming in after after having hammered so many laps and you're having to almost spoon feed them to make sure that they're getting their right calories, their right uh, intake of hydration and nutrition. Is there much difference with an A to B? Do you, do you really have to do it as much or is it is it completely like similar, oh, different? A, oh, a totally different ballgame. Completely different ballgame. So... Loch Ness has been the only lapped event um, that we've really done. Uh, well, not actually, sorry. Falkirk, so we did Falkirk 8-hour ultra, uh, and that was lapped. Um, but it wasn't as intense as Loch Ness. But Loch Ness, you still had to have everything ready at any point. Um, mm-hmm. And it was easier in the fact that I didn't need to move. I just knew roughly when he was going to get in, go over, see him at the point, and then come back, see what else he needed. That that was fine. Um, But A to B events can be horrifically stressful. Um, (laughs) The the worst one um, with that, for an example, was um, GTE. Um so yeah, that that was uh Glasgow Edinburgh last year was um fun. Um there was a few times where we almost lost um didn't make the checkpoint um because the trackers didn't update. And so when we're trying to make a checkpoint. I always have his Strava beacon on as well. Yeah. So I can track his Strava beacon as well as any official um, trackers and that. And I'm like, fine, okay. So Sarah, um, our friend um, who was along supporting me with that one, she, <laughs> we go on these days out and we go and have an adventure at the same time. So we were having a great day out. Um, but it got to, I want to say it was Lynn Lithgow. And yeah. The tracker, we were like, okay, there he is on the tracker. Oh, he's about a mile and a half out. Right, fine. We've got about 20 minutes. <laughs> no, so um, we were literally just across the road from the checkpoint, but there was a building of some description. I can't remember what the fancy name for it is, but it looks like an upside down egg. Um, and we were over admiring that and looking at the pretty garden. And we happened to look over at the checkpoint. And there's Mike just looking lost, like looking around for us. And we're like, oh, God, running across like absolute maniacs going over. And he's like, where were you? Where were you? I'm like, your tracker said you're a mile up the road. What are we meant to do? Like, And then after that point, I was stressed to the max because there was a couple more checkpoints after that. And having to make sure you're at that checkpoint on time with the right things so that they can get their stuff and go. Mm-hmm. No, it's it can be really stressful. And anyone who is, in fact, Sarah, Sarah would tell you that I am not a good person to be around after a certain point at an ultra because I just start panicking. And that's her job. She ends up calming me down and essentially slapping me back into shape and like saying, get your stuff together, come on. You need to be there for him. You need to drive there. You're fine. 
we've got this. There's plenty of time. She has to rationalise me so that I can then go and be there for Mike. So, yeah, support crew and team mode is very important. Um, and that's why it's very important on longer races to have more than one person. Because if I was on my own, oh, I don't know what I would have done. <laughs> I honestly don't know. <laughs> it's a snowball effect, isn't it? Because if, you, if you're... <laughs> You've got the stress of the first one, but then you're stressing about having to drive to the, the next point and then the next yeah. point and having everything. So and it's yeah, especially on roads you don't know as well. Yeah. Like, I'm quite an anxious driver when I don't know where I'm going. So I'm driving on all these little roads to get to all these little places. And the one thing about GTE is I'll definitely say their location of their checkpoints, the directions that were given weren't the best. So we were given a sort of ballpark postcode. But then it was trying to figure out where on earth this place was from this postcode. And it was just, I hope they changed it after that because it wasn't great to get to. If they just used like a, uh, the... What three words? That's it. Yeah, if they used that, that would have been great. We would have been able to locate it easier, but... Hopefully a lot more uh, events start using that because you're right. If you get a, a postcode, it could be anywhere within quite a, a large area of... of, of uh, mileage within yeah. within there so trying to locate it is always going to be difficult um so take me then through for an event any event a to b lap whatever it might be ultra wise what is the kind of start of a support cruise journey for the ultra is it the the beginning of the week and what input do you have do you have to help let's say mike with his uh, is flatly what he's got to do or is it a completely separate affair of you have to do your own flatly of things that you need to take to support Mike? So essentially the week of an event, um, Michael get his nutrition ready um, getting everything all together um, then what I'll do is I'll normally write down all the details of checkpoints um postcodes, directions, what I need to get there, and the sort of nutritional side of what he needs from me at each checkpoint. So I have a very detailed list of postcodes, expected times. Say, for instance, I need a tailwind, I need Jaffa cakes, I need a banana at checkpoint one. Mm -hmm. So it's all laid out separate, and it's it's got to be very organised because the last thing we can have on a race day is me searching through bags and bags and bags um, for stuff. But Mike's really good at getting that all organised. And then we have that conversation normally the night before the race um, and just get the details locked in. And it's kind of, it does both of us good so that I know what's expected of me and he knows that I know that that's what he's looking for at each checkpoint as well. Um, so organisation is key um, for any of these events. But I'm quite organised. I love a list. Absolutely love a list. Um, so it, it's it's really good. But yeah, um, it's normally Mike does the most of the work. Um, I just go along with it um, from what he gives me. So it's then it's mostly communication on top of what should be the runner's best laid plans uh, yeah. and, and doing their own packing yeah exactly they, they they know 
at the end of the day, if something's not packed, that's on Mike. Mm-hmm. Um, it's Mike's race. I'll I'll check everything that he gives me, but at the end of the day, he's very detail focused as well. So there's not going to be anything we're going to forget. He will check a list. He'll write his own list, and he will check them two to three times just to make sure that nothing's missing. Um, so between that, we're we're normally good. And there hasn't been an event yet, Touchwood, that we've missed anything or forgotten anything. So then it's, it's like you say, the, the, the majority of your worries pre and on the day is directions, locations, timings, unfamiliar yeah. roads, making sure the car's got enough fuel in it. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah. Um, having a van that's battery doesn't go flat having a van that's battery doesn't go flat yep yep thank <laughs> god for hannah what an absolute lifesaver she was oh my goodness i will never forget that hannah i love you forever <laughs> honestly <laughs> i did not want to be stuck in that field <laughs> i mean now now that you started offering them at more recent events as well i'm sure she'll take a cheesecake off you as well <sighs> Yeah, these cheesecakes. Yeah, <laughs> cheesecakes. Uh, a certain somebody decided to message me most days, reminding me about a cheesecake, um, <laughs> m- m- Mr. Jace. Um, and uh, Jace uh, buggered off early and didn't even get his cheesecake Aww. at Glenn Hall. So, yeah, I think I'm going to have to do a cheesecake round two for... I'm to sure to, to be fair, Lewis. he was in a bit of a bit of a bad way, wasn't he, when he, yeah. when he had to pull out? It, it yeah. could have oh, maybe improved his mood. Exactly, exactly. But yeah, my heart bled for him when I seen him at that um, sort of halfway point um, at Glen Ogle. It was just, you could just tell, he knew, knew he was doing the right thing, but it doesn't make it any easier to see. No, when you're just like you're you're pulling out at that point, but you did the right thing, so that's the main thing. Exactly. So so far, that's that's given it a good indication of what really goes into the week and and actual event. Um, let's cover then the events that you have crewed so far, and actually, when it started, was it was it quite soon after yourself and Mike got together that he, he started taking you on these dirty marathon weekends or uh, <laughs> did that come afterwards? He, he tried to try to swing you into that side of his life. Or, or is, was he even ultra running when you first got together? No, no. So um, when we first got together, I think the most he'd done was, I think he maybe did Sterling Marathon beforehand. Okay. Um, possibly don't quote me on that. Um, but I'm I'm pretty positive he'd done a marathon beforehand, and I'm, yeah, um, he'd done a few halves and things. But um, yeah, the first sort of few events that I went along to just cheer him on, um, it was the more half event, uh, more half marathon, mm-hmm. and that's when I fell in love with having a good day out, um. Because I just went along and I thought, he's running, I can just go for a nice walk because it looks like a cracking part of the world. And I wasn't wrong. Um, and just seeing the buzz of events and the event village itself, that was like, that that was my inspiration for going and my motivation for going along to all these other events because I'm seeing everybody, all ages, all genders, 
just all shapes and sizes going out and absolutely giving it their all on a course and crossing that line in a various state, um, various different states, um, some looking like they could just jog on for another like three hours and some looking like they're ready to like just have their coffin at the end of the finish line. <laughs> um, but it, it's brilliant to see and um, just everybody cheering everybody else on. It's like, I, I just love the sort of atmosphere. So um, yeah, being at the Moore event definitely gave me the bug. And um, from there, um, it wasn't long after until we ventured into the ultra, the first ultra, which was a uh, run the blades 50 K um, in 2019. Um, and at this point I was still dabbling in running. Um, I say dabbling because I do as much as I can do. Um, I've got a bit of a dodgy back, so mm-hmm. um, my body doesn't really allow me to do much running. It's not the best thing for it. But um, at that point, I was still sort of dabbling. Um, and I had originally signed up for the half marathon um, at Blades because I thought, well, if he's doing the 50k, I can do the half and then we'll I'll hang around at the end. Fine. But I got injured, standard me, because this is what always happens. Um, and so I decided that's fine, I'll just go for a day out looked at the route map and thought, oh there's a checkpoint there I can walk up there in the time that I think he's going to run up there (laughs) now um, I don't know how many people have done uh, the Blades 50k but if you know these paths they're very, I love this word undulating Um, and I ended up walking 18 miles that day. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think it was checkpoint. It was either checkpoint two or three I ended up walking up to. But the time I had in my mind to get up to, I was getting very close to missing that time. Um, so I had to sort of half run, jog, sort of shuffle up these paths um, with my dodgy back. And... Yeah, I managed to see Mike with about 10 minutes to spare. So I was like, that's too close for me. Um, But yeah, his first event, he had a horrendous lead up to it. Um, He was doing 12 to 14 hour days with work and traveling with work as well, um, as he'd just been moved into a different store. And he was drained mentally and physically at this point. Um, So... Could it have went better for him? Yes. Um, he set himself a target of about five and a half hours, I think it was. Um, and for the first 50k, that's a very, very um, ambitious target. It is, um, yeah. I think he ended up doing it in about 6.20. I want to say... I'll, I'll say about six hours 20. I'm sure I'll get corrected. Um but when it got to about six hours, I started getting worried when I got down to the finish line. I'm like, because when he was halfway there, he looked okay. He looked like he was doing all right. And I was like, this is fine. That That's absolutely fine. Then it just went all downhill from there. Um, I never seen him again because it was the only point where I could get back out and back um, that I chose. Um, so I had to just wait for him at the end. And... 
it was the most heartbreaking thing seeing him cross that line because he broke down right after it. And I can count on my hand the amount of times I've seen that man cry. And this was ugly crying. This was just a very, very broken man. Yeah. And to see that, just to see the person you love. I mean, in any sort of state like that, it, it's heart-wrenching. And you've got to be the one to try and be strong and help support them when you're breaking inside because you can see the pain and torture that they're going through at that moment. It was just... Does does it get easier, though? Fair enough, that was the first one and you've got to have that that resilience to kind of be their rock. But does it get easier because he has since signed up to several ultras since you must then think if, if he's inevitably races don't go as planned for various reasons. Do you then get to the point where you go, well, you signed up for this. You can, you can, you can like it or lump it in a way, or is it's every time then something maybe doesn't go right. Do you have to, do you get that physical kind of hit yourself, that physical and mental hit? See, that, that's quite difficult. Um, there's only been one other time where I've been really, really emotionally, like, I've, I've taken it on emotionally with him, and that was at the wall. Um, he's, he's been in some pain caves throughout other events, um, but they haven't, they hadn't really affected him as much as it did with Blades. Um, mm. But, yeah, the wall when we saw him at Hexham and that was I think Hexham was about 44 miles in um, at that point he was in a lot of pain he was in a very bad place he he wasn't in a good place um, and going out of Hexham I walked along a bit of the route with him um, for yeah a, a wee while Um and just setting him off on his way, knowing and and the, the hardest part about this point was um knowing that the man is broken and really, really struggling. Between this and the next checkpoint, there was I think it was 18 miles. But at that point in the race, that would take about four hours. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't see him again for another four hours. That hit me hard like to see the person to see this guy who's normally so strong confident I mean he puts on this amazing bravado he is he is Mike he is he is some guy but that man was broken there and to leave him for four hours knowing that I'm not going to see him as a a support crew where where do you draw the line and and letting and letting Mike get up, like, because he's he's very, we're very similar, myself and Mike, to you doing an event, you don't want to throw in the towel. You'd rather break yourself and get the medal than mm. to call it quits, especially that length into an ultra. Where do you draw that line to say, actually, I, I think you should throw in a towel now because you are, you are broken. And he might say, well, I think I can continue and I think, think things will get better. But do you, no. do you feel that you have that, that ability as his biggest supporter and his uh, and his crew to say no, that's you've had enough. That's where we're still learning. Um, I wouldn't have ever said to him at that point in the wall because there was something there. 
there was like still a spark inside him um, that he could see. Um, and although it was hard to let him go, I knew that he would finish it regardless. You could see that in him. But it was more physical at that th- that point, though, wasn't it? It was. It was. He'd done the the, the horrendous climb. He, it, yeah. It was yeah. more the physicality side of it that, that also then worked in, into the mental side of it. But yeah, um, yeah. It, it, it's tough. I, I mean, that that's where we're still learning. I'm still learning his cues and learning the strength inside myself to say, "This is what you need. Listen to me." Because um, it's very difficult for someone as stoic as Mike is to just sometimes express what he needs. He'll just go quite quiet. Um, So it's tough with that. But as a team, we're getting better at that and we're learning things. I mean, we've learned things from Loch Ness as well. Should we have changed these socks? Yes, we should have. should we have looked at this a lot earlier in the race? Yes. Um, so we're always learning. So it's, yeah, watch this space to see if I can convince him to stop. But I don't think I'll ever convince him to stop an event unless he's physically broken a leg um, or there's something completely out of his control that he cannot continue because he will crawl if he has to. It's it's ridiculous. It's admirable, but it's ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, he did get to he did get to good distance in uh, at the Loch Ness, and he just he then did draw a line under it. And said, "No, I can't. I just can't go on anymore." Yeah. Um, and actually, that was one of my proudest moments of him. Um, knowing that he knew when to stop. Yeah, knowing yeah. that he knew and knowing that he was okay with it. Um, but as a whole. Yeah, we should have looked at his foot care earlier. He, he wasn't and, the only one though, Heather, at that one. Because exactly, yeah, yeah. Even prior, I think he had he had good um good people around generally. And there was a, a lot of people drew a line under their efforts because the conditions and but I think that inspired other people to go, you know what? or I, I don't have to I don't have to, like you say, crawl to the line. I've done a massive shift here. I can I can take a rest now, but the, yeah. he wasn't the only one. There was there was people going to go there and not change their shoes or socks at all either, and that's trying to say to them that I'm local. I know what it's like on a good day, let alone a bad day. You really need to have a change of shoes. Now I was only doing what a couple of laps at a time. I changed yeah. my shoes and socks after every outing because it's mm-hmm. just you're just you're just going to rot your feet after it. Yeah, that that's it. I mean, as I say, hindsight's amazing now, but lessons have been learned. And I yeah. think um, it's one of the things I actually said to him on Saturday. Um, there was a point where we saw him, at, we kind of did a makeshift checkpoint too. Um, and we saw him there and he just described how he'd went through a big bog and up to his knees. And I think it was just after he'd fell and things like this. And I was like, right, okay, do we need to change your socks? And he's like, no, we're dried off now. He's like, do we need to change your socks? And I think I said it about four or five times. I was like, okay, but this is on you. Mm-hmm. And so I'm glad we didn't because after that, they just got completely wet in another boggy bit. <laughs> um, but at least I'm being a bit more firm about trying to make him realise, is this what we need right now? Yeah. So let's let's do it if we have to. Um, and then 
if not the decisions. Ultimately, at the end of the day, he's making the decisions, so it's all on him. Um, I can't force him to do anything. Um, I will try my hardest, but yeah, he's... It's, it's trying to manage that, isn't it? It's trying to be the best crew that you can to give him the lessons that you've you've both learned and yeah. the, the, the multitude of, of events that he's done. Yeah, learning those lessons and he'll forget some of these lessons where you'll remember some and, and vice versa yeah but it's worth it, saying that it's like the old question of asking someone if they're okay then ask again yeah you've done the right it, thing with the socks ask the question <laughs> then ask yeah. again and actually it's on video as well so at least <laughs> it's out there that i have asked that question so yeah it's even better <laughs> yeah. out, of, out of all the events so far I, uh, ballpark I was I would ask you a ballpark how many ultras you've crewed now but that could be difficult um out of out of all the ones that you have done what would you say is the best one uh, do I think the from your from your perspective one, on crewing I mean yeah I think I think the best one I've done um Probably the wall, actually. Um, that was as tough as it was. It was a good one to crew, um, because the checkpoints were easy to get to. Brilliant, brilliant directions. Well done, rat race. Um, and yeah, I think we learned a lot on that, and it was just a really good event as well. Um, in amazing scenery. Um. And gave me a good day out. Um, so, um, yeah, I, th- I think the wall was definitely my favourite to crew so far. Hundred percent. Worst one is it, are you going to go back to Glasgow to Edinburgh here? No, I'm not actually. No, no, no. Um, I think worst one would. I don't. I genuinely don't know if I've got a worst one. To be honest, they're all sort of the rest of them. Just sort of are on the same sort of par. Um, <laughs> maybe. Whoa. Yeah, maybe maybe the first blades. We might we might go for that one. Is that because um, you had to run up the hill as well? That's that's because I had to walk eighteen <laughs> miles on a day where it started off overcast and then ended up absolutely scorching and neither of us had sunscreen so um, yeah always take sunscreen kids that's another lesson you learn isn't it yeah Um, (laughs) so then I was going to ask favourite as well so would you then say that the wall would be your favourite as well or nah favourite one Loch Ness without a doubt and Um, is that because after that because I was there and I witnessed this is that because Nearly everyone there said that they want to employ you to be their professional crewer. <laughs> um, no, but I think that whole community vibe we had going on was amazing. Um, that was so much fun having that tent um, and just seeing the people coming and going and being able to help everybody else as well. Mm. It was great, um, and yeah, it was just some of the some of the laughs there. Um, but it was quite an easy event in comparison to others to support as well because it was literally not even a 50-metre walk over to the fence bit and back. So we had everything on hand um, and he was well supported as well as everybody else. So 
Yeah, because you did, yeah. you did as as much as as Lee and Keys did a lot for Rachel. You did a, a massive amount. So you weren't just supporting crewing. Uh, sorry, Mike, you were crewing for Rachel, and you were crewing for everyone else as well. Uh, just making sure that we all had the right what we needed. Well, that was it. Make believe even, ultra runners. Well, yeah. Even if it was only hey, you're all ultra runners. If you were running over a marathon that day, like <laughs> uh, I'm still not hearing anything else. Anyone that says it otherwise, no. Like that's some going. Um, but no, even if it was just making somebody a cup of tea, like that's me. That's me helping in some way. If you, if you wanted extra pasta, there's some pasta. Like just it's the little things. Like if I can do a little bit to help and make it easier for someone that's going out and doing absolutely crazy things. In that weather, yeah, happy to do it. Don't care, do it all day long. Has Just anyone please. approached you to then crew for them away from events that Mike's doing? Uh, not officially, no. <laughs> not but... officially, but that's not a no. <laughs> <laughs> no, not not officially. It's always been the sort of um, the 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 laugh and the joke. But um, I, I as I always say, if anyone wants it, I will happily if I can make it mm. come along. Um, and give what I can um, because I just take so much from it. I love seeing people smash their goals. Absolutely love it. Um, so yeah. At, at the end of the day, there, is gonna, there are going to be weekends where you might be free, although Mike's got a very busy, hectic job, especially this time of year. He might be busy, but you might have that ability to go and it gives you the day out, it gives you something to do and it gives you a connection that you're building a really good connection with the community as well. You said recently that you felt like you were piggybacking on on Mike's uh, Mike's connections. I think that I, I did say I thought it was very unfair because no matter what, these people would have gravitated towards you anyway because you're fantastic at, at events, the events that I've witnessed as well and haven't met you. Uh, I think you were slightly unfair in yourself there. Um, <laughs> no, I, I think it's just because um, in the sense that obviously... I wouldn't know anyone if it wasn't for Mike. So yeah. that that that's kind of maybe the term piggybacking wasn't the right one to use. Um, but it's more the fact that it was just a case of um I would know no one if it wasn't for Mike. Um yeah. yeah. So yeah. Right then. Slightly different. I'm I'm almost back on the standard podcast topic, just as we kind of hit that that downhill slope to the end of our chat. You mentioned before that you have done running in the past. Now, you've mentioned it on your own account and you've you've kind of touched on it before we hit record, but you are looking to up your game again with running, aren't you? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to start dabbling a little bit again. Um, so signed up for the more 10K purely because... Um, I'm in training for the Great Glencoe Trek next year in July. Um, so myself and two other of my friends, um, we're doing the 26.2 mile trek from Glencoe um, into Fort William. Um, and yeah, that, that's the, the training for that is going to start ramping up. Um, but that's in July. I thought I need something else to sort of keep me focused in the meantime. So I thought, why not just sign up for a 10K? I've done the 10K before. I've done like other events. I'm sure I can get myself run into a 10K. So if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do an event that I know that I'm going to like 
and the more events, as I touched on earlier, um, they're just brilliant events, absolutely amazing events. So let, let's just go and do that one. So if anyone is free on the 21st of April and they want to come and cheer squad me, get your butts along there, please. Thank you so much. <laughs> I hope that there will be many people there as well. <laughs> and like you said as well, in, in, in the same exact same post, I don't know if it might be the post, it might be in a story. You do have the best coach as well to get you to that point. Although you, you do have, hold a, a very good level of, of fitness with also being pole related um, and, and, and a hobby. Um, but you do have a very good coach to to help you out where you feel you need it, don't you? Yeah, well, I'm going to be his biggest challenge because I just can't take anything he tells me seriously <laughs> <laughs> so um it, it might be I, I can guarantee I will be his biggest coaching challenge that you'll ever face um because the amount of times I'll give him grief for trying to make me do the things no he's not got a chance um <laughs> but <laughs> no <laughs> in all fairness like uh, he, he he knows what he's talking about so um yeah having that on hand is going to be beneficial and uh i suppose i better take some heed of his advice but that puts you on equal playing field then if he'll have to let what i would hope he would listen to this this uh episode um but <laughs> it, it puts you in level level playing fields in a, in a way that he may have to reevaluate and listen to your expertise and listen to your your um your memory of past events to say look you need to do this now yeah you're gonna regret it if you don't and yeah. vice versa you'll have to listen to your coach won't you no <laughs> <laughs> no you'll be getting the swift finger and uh, that'll be it um yeah <laughs> do you think that it might it might snowball or are you, you just kind of keeping it keeping it low-key just now seeing how you get on seeing how the walk goes and then maybe do the odd event afterwards or is yeah. it kind of like just yeah test the water I, I thought you know what it is it's, it's being around all these people so being now a part of this insane community where everyone's going out there smashing out pbs after pbs <clears throat> um, <laughs> and you know um <laughs> you're not going to notice you absolute insane Oh my goodness, that's just. I'm not saying that. Where is your limit? Where is it? Come on, where is that limit? <laughs> so excited to see. Um, but yeah, seeing people going out and smashing like their targets, whether it is the smaller races and they're smashing out their five k PBs, or whether it's getting through um, a thirty three mile event, um, it's so inspiring. And I'm like, you know what? I can do this. So I want to be a part of it. Um, I'll see how my back goes. Um, if I do the strength training that I really need to and strengthen everything up, um, I'd, I'd like to be able to get to half marathon sort of um, level. And yeah. realistically, I don't fancy more than that. Any more than that, I would just get bored. Um, but if I can get to half marathon and then maybe use that to do like a bit of traveling and go and find some nice uh, ones around the world um, to go and just have a wee shot at. I think that, that sounds like a good wee plan. Um, that but, sounds yeah. good, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's there's a lot a lot that strength and conditioning can can do, um, even, yeah. even if you've got underlying issues as well. There's a lot that that can help with. Yeah. Well, that's, been, that's been fantastic, Heather. We've learned 
learned a lot about kind of the mindset of what kind of goes into crewing. And I know you've got for, to be crazy. You've got to be, well, I mean, you've got to be crazy to do an ultra. So I mean, that <laughs> that goes hand in hand. Yeah. Um, and I know it's, it's it'll be different for every support crew or every person that's done support crew. It's slight. It's a slightly different um, experience. Yeah, every runner's different. So my experience with Mike will be completely different to someone else's experience with their other whoever they're crewing um yeah there's no right or wrong it's what works for your runner um and it's always learning we're we're on a long journey um we're nowhere near the end of it yet and we better not be (laughs) (laughs) we've got a long way to go um so yeah um but it's just learning and taking it and moving forward um and it's just really exciting to see where it can take both of us um with it well, I'm keeping my fingers crossed that all these uh, these hints at getting you as a professional crewer come to <laughs> fruition because it would it's a good avenue to 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 do, especially if if you get on with people and uh, you're experienced at it. It's it, but at least at least you know you've always got a full engine, full tank of fuel for for the car. It's a yep. full engine, but I would hope you have <laughs> a full engine as well. Oh, uh, me too. <laughs> yeah, and. Having that, especially now you're doing you're doing kind of pre-checks before an ultra, having the what three words and kind of almost figuring it out yourself, even if the event won't tell you, you've learned these lessons along the way. And maybe someone might learn now it's doing crewing, but hopefully people will take you up on, on that and uh, that could become more of a thing as well. But no, thank you very much for coming and speaking to me. It's been really enjoyable. I've really enjoyed that. Oh, you're very welcome. Thank you for having me. Um, I'm sure we'll have you back on once you're running your half marathons and exploring uh, yeah, the world. Pl- we'll get you plodding on. along, yeah, plodding <laughs> along. <yeah. laughs> Spot on. Well, thank you very much. No worries. Thank you. Usually I would transition here and talk about how much of a great guest my guest was and then move on to what's coming up in the next episode. But unlike most interviews, Heather was back in my DMs just the next day after a bit of a sleepless night and a lot of worry that she may have missed some elements that she wanted to get across in her interview, in her chat. So here we go. We're going to slide back into another chat right now to add on a little bit more information. Right, guys, we're back after a couple of days since our original recording. Poor Heather had some uh, lost sleep worrying about one of the questions and not feeling like she maybe got enough of her points across about tips and tricks from a experienced support crew uh, person across. So I'm going to hand over to Heather and she's going to give some of her top tips for anyone looking to maybe do some support crewing or is maybe already doing support crew and wants to learn a little bit more from her experience. Yeah, so, um, yeah, yeah, lost sleep. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so basically, we've touched on it already, but planning planning's key. So obviously you're planning your route, you're planning your runner's nutrition, um, you're checking everything is fueled, that's the runner's fuel, chargers being fueled. But one of the most important things to fuel is yourself on the day. Um, planning in your own nutrition is so key. Um, you can't pour from an empty cup. 
you can't go in with loads of positivity if you've not eaten enough or not drank enough on the day. So planning in your own nutrition, always having snacks on hand and giving yourself enough time if you're planning a sit-down lunch. Um, because there has been an instance where we have ran out of a cafe because a certain someone was running a little bit quicker than expected and his little dot clocked up a little bit too quick and I made a half-mile bolt from the cafe via the car to get things for him, a checkpoint that we sort of made along the way at Glasgow, Edinburgh, um, to be there for him. Um, He didn't even take the nutrition we gave him at the end of the day, um, which made it all the more fun. But yeah, definitely plan your own nutrition because... um, yeah, you, you it's, it's as important to to be um, hydrated. What's what you're saying? Hydrated and f- yeah, fully stocked on food. Because if you're not running on full energy, you can't best support the person you're supporting. Exactly. So you you can't go into a checkpoint if you're not like on your top game. If you're not fully um, hydrated and fed and watered, because yeah. I get hungry. I get very hungry, <laughs> um, and that's not a good thing. Um, so yeah, um, yeah. Make sure you're everybody's fueled, absolutely everybody. Um, and then going back into the checkpoint. So just bringing your A game to every checkpoint. So it doesn't matter how cold it is. It doesn't matter how horrific you feel if you're feeling a bit under the weather. If it's chucking it down with rain, whatever. You need to remember to be there for them. This isn't about you. So for the five ten minutes that you'll see the maximum you have to bring absolutely everything to it so bring the energy and save your energy for that time as well um just to give them the benefit of it um and while you're there just cheering everybody else on as well remember everybody's going through the same thing and your little pep talk and words of positivity might spur them on a little bit more um and definitely do not say you're almost there at checkpoint one um, or <laughs> checkpoint two, as Pauline um, made the rookie error of on Saturday to a couple of guys. I was like, oh, just... Oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah, j- just um, bring the positivity at the checkpoints. Um, and then at the checkpoints, especially when you're later on in events, don't take anything your runner says or does personally. Um, that's one of the biggest things that we've worked on um, because early events, Mike would be quite snappy because he's such a focused individual. He's head in race mode. He is focused. He just wants in and out done. Um, and with that, he'll just be very short and sweet. Um, and I remember taking it to heart and getting really quite upset after he was really abrupt with me. But now you look back and you're like, they're in a lot of pain. They're, they're battling through their limits. So you've kind of got to allow them to be a little bit snappy. Um, they're and they're just, also in a kind of zombie yeah. vegetative state. The, your it, mind's not really what's working. It's your body. So your mind kind of switches off a little bit so that you don't realise sometimes how abrupt yeah, you're being. Exactly. Um, and at the end of the day, you know they don't mean anything. Nothing they say is personal. Um, they're they're just trying to get through it as best they can. Um, so never take anything personally um, with it because, yeah, we, we would have... Uh, I, I could have easily chucked them in the bin after a couple of races. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, um, just, just be there and support them as much as you can. Um, 
And with that as well, just remember that every runner is different. So Mike will go into a really focused state um, at checkpoints and just want the sort of in out the essentials that that as efficient as we can make it. Let's get him in and out and on his way. Um, and then you get the polar opposite. Um, so Davey on Saturday, he came into every checkpoint because we kind of did a little crew for him as well. Um, he came into every checkpoint, bubbly, laughing, full of banter. And you're like, it's, it's total different aspects. So, yeah, I mean, your runner might not be as focused. You might have a Davey who comes in and is just all happy, smiling, let's just crack on with it. Or you might have a Mike who is very stoic and focused and um, just get the job done. Um, Almost similar in a way then to the way Rachel was at the 24. She was yeah up for it all the time, no matter what, yeah. anytime you saw her, she was just ready to rave. Always smiling. Always like, smiling. Always smiling, always laughing, always happy. And it was just incredible to see someone actually doing what she was doing and um, especially doing what she was doing in the woods around that course as well and still smiling. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, she she was just incredible. But, yeah, for, for herself and Mike doing sort of similar distances there, um, yeah, they were, they were two totally opposites um, of the spectrum. But it's brilliant when- to see. When when I've seen people like John Shields, um, who's won numerous ultras across the world and in, in different environments, from Antarctic to uh, tropical uh, kind of rainforests, mm. he was very much like Mike. He was very focused, very quiet. You could see that his, he was just he was in the zone. Yeah. Then you've you've I know you've seen this guy in person as Johnny Wolf. Johnny Wolf, he goes to a lot of the kind of Scottish ultras uh, mm-hmm. and, and all over the UK. Massive beard, such a jolly, mm-hmm. happy guy, no matter what time you <laughs> see him at. It, it's it's yeah. a do, you get a ma- ma- massive spread across of some people are in the zone, some people are in, they're in their own zone, but they're just up for a laugh, up, up for it and ready to go. Yeah, exactly. So it, it's, yeah, just, just know your runner. Um, and if it's time to sort of, give them a bit of banter, give them a bit of banter, but if not, you know your place and just do what you need to do. So, um, yeah. You've actually uh, just reminded me because when Mike came in for his final, you you, you as, as as your support crew, you needed to get your rest as well. So you'd gone to bed and Mike had come in, but he hadn't come in when he was intended to come in. I think he'd actually done another lap and I'd been heating up his pot noodle about 10 times. So it must've been rancid <laughs> by the time he'd actually come in and he just sat there. And I was very stern with him. He just looked mm-hmm. like a lost little boy. And I said, yeah. if you're going back out, you go back out, you eat this and you go back out. And he just looked <laughs> up at me with like big puppy dog eyes. And it's the first time I've seen Mike like that because you're right, usually he's very focused. And he's mm-hmm. like, yeah, I know what I'm doing. I'm, I'm getting this and I'm going again. And he was just yeah. he was just sat there and you could see he was getting to the end of it that that, that night. He was yeah. just like, no more, no more. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's oh that 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 day, oh the memories. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, and and the only other thing I would actually um say that is a very top tip is remember to enjoy yourself on the day, um, make your day as fun as it can be, um, and take in the scenery, go and find the random monuments, go and find the history of where you're at 
and just have fun um, because otherwise it's going to be a long, miserable day. If you're just going point to point, you're going to be miserable. So make sure you plan the fun and just be spontaneous as much as you can with it because it's it's totally worth it. I've seen incredible things just by going and passing a sign and thinking, ooh, picked a stone, what's this? Yeah. And then finding a big stone surrounded by a fence that's very unimpressive, but totally worth it because I've been there for hundreds of years. Stone otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, make the memory. You, you, they're, they're making the memories, but yeah, it, yeah as you say, it's a long day. And if there's stuff to do in between stops or checkpoints, then do it. Yeah, make the, make the adventure time. and yeah. do the day. Have the day for you as well. Bon. No, that, that's great. I, I, I appreciate it because I knew, I knew that you, you might have uh, some concern that you might have missed something because we've met. I, I, I've got a good idea about who yourself and Mike both are. And um, yeah. you're very similar to me. You sometimes think, oh, I wish I'd said this or or, or that. Um, yeah. So no, I appreciate I appreciate the, the thought and coming back on as well. Um, yeah. What I can say is in between recording uh, the initial part and this part, I have had a few people messaging to let me know that they are looking forward to hearing the interview so uh, mm. already there's there's um, there's going to be a good audience and they're looking forward to hearing you yeah it'll be different definitely different. certainly different, certainly different. <laughs> but as i said in the intro it's it's all worthwhile hearing about it's something i think more and more people whether it's from the press plate and run a community all the mm -hmm. way through to the cult there's people doing cheer squad and in effect, they're they're also support crew. Um, yeah. So the more that everyone knows of how to deal with each other and how to best support each other, the better. Yeah. Well, I think I think we had a good go at Glen Ogle um, with Elodie and Karen joining the cheer squad. That was yeah. uh, good for them to see one how long a day it can be, um, two how brutal it can be, um, but most important how much fun it can be as well. So it was it was good to share some of that. Um, oh, that's great. As well. <laughs> Yeah, as a runner, you forget how long these days are. It's a long day for you out there, but then you forget about the people that are there to see you and what yeah. they're actually having to do as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, that's great. Thanks. Thanks again uh, for coming on and speaking <laughs> to me. I'll, uh, I'll tag this on at the end, but um, no, that's been fantastic to, to, to hear all about it, Heather. Uh, you're welcome. Very welcome. Thank you very much. Thanks once again to Heather for joining me for that chat. It was completely unique compared to everyone else that I've had on in the past. I know there was some overlap with topics that I've maybe covered with some ultra runners, but to get a unique perspective from a support crewer, yeah, I found that really, really helpful. And uh, we did go on to talk before and after about some of the other bits and pieces that happen in and around the ultramarathon scene of support crewing, but maybe that's for another time we can share some more on that. All the very best as well to Heather as she restarts her past with running ahead of the more 10k. I will be keeping a close eye on how she gets on and I will let you all know if you're not a follower of hers, I'll let you know how she gets on. Let's start wrapping things up on this episode though and look ahead to what you can expect in the season finale, episode 10. 
in a continuation to the topic of running adjacency, I will be welcoming a charity to my guest list for episode 10 as we welcome Cojones Scotland. Anyone who has followed my profile or follows my profile will be well aware of how much of a fan and supporter I am of the charity and how much of a pivotal role they have played in not only my running but also my cycling as I've taken part in the Loch Ness Atap many times wearing their cycling jersey. I'm actually, I think, also their um, cover boy for that on their store. Uh, But also with the running, I've run multiple events wearing their race bib from 5k, 10k all the way through to marathons. On this occasion, I will be joined by Paul McCaffrey, who is the Community Engagement Officer for Cajonis. He is also a testicular cancer survivor. Now, as someone who has gone through testicular worries in the past myself, I know how important it is to share the topic, not only with the guys out there, but also with the ladies. It is an all-encompassing topic that I feel everyone should really have a little bit of knowledge about. As I welcome Paul to the show, we'll be sharing a little bit of information about the charity, the amazing work that they do, maybe a little bit about the work they're doing with the Scottish Football Association. And that seems to be quite a a massive project at the moment. But most importantly, we'll be learning a little bit about their running as well. Now, it will just be Paul and I know he is a runner and I know that he has run the Glasgow Half Marathon recently. But the main man behind the charity, Richie, is a multi-time marathon finisher. And I have had the pleasure of meeting him in person at the Loch Ness Marathon a few years ago. So that's really my driving force here is to learn a little bit about their running, but also share the important message behind the charity. It's also very convenient that it is at the cusp of the festivities, Christmas and New Year as Cajonis launched their hashtag Check Your Bobbles campaign. I've got involved in the past, but it's quite a big campaign where they get celebrities all over the world involved, encouraging people to check themselves. Finally, on that topic, we will also be learning a little bit about their own podcast, the Cajonis podcast that has had some fantastic guests already fairly fresh fairly new to the scene but they have got great content on not only the podcast platforms of choice but also on youtube as they do visual recordings of every episode fingers crossed you can join me for that episode i'm really hoping that it could maybe be the biggest episode we've had so far i'm really kind of hoping that we can share it amongst the community, open up the discussion and show that it's okay to talk about the topics of testicular cancer. Until then, however, if you want to get in contact with me and the podcast, you can do so by dropping into the DMs on Instagram at the point 99 podcast or over at my own profile at Mr. Underscore Steve underscore runs. I'll answer on either. Don't worry, just slide in and I will be happy to answer any messages. On email, you can get me at the point 99 podcast at gmail.com or alternatively use the contact form on the website in the contact section at thepoint99podcast.com. Now, finally, if you are on Facebook and you want to contact me, you can do so by searching The Point 99 Podcast and drop me a message over there as well. 
Until the last episode of the season, however, I promise to try and not set any more personal records. Fingers crossed, I can just take it easy. I don't want to antagonise anyone anymore. But no matter what you get up to, I hope you stay safe, enjoy your runs, and you will hear from me soon.